Bury is a small town on the outskirts of the city of Manchester. Sir Robert Peel, the founder of the Metropolitan Police Service, was born there in 1788, but it was much more recent that the town was shocked by the brutal murder of 17-year-old Sana Ali. This day brings us no joy, as we have lost our Sana, a beautiful wife, daughter, sister and mother-to-be. We will forever miss you, Sana. They gave us justice. This gap of my daughter cannot be filled, but we got justice for Sana. Sana will feel happy today. Sana will smile today. Sana will be in peace today. feel justice has been done but I do wish to reiterate that it can't be it, it cannot be a time for rejoicing because of the tragic set of circumstances and the devastation that is still within so many lives of both families. My name is Mark Williams-Thomas and this is Series 2 of the Detective Podcast. If you've not yet listened to Series 1, don't worry, because each series investigates a different case. But do go back and have a listen. You can find it on your podcast provider's platform or via our website, www.the-detective.co.uk. My background is as a former police detective turned investigative reporter. Over the years I've made many high-profile TV programmes and have my own primetime TV crime series called The Investigator on Netflix. But for me, there are always major challenges when making TV programmes because I ask people to give up their identity and speak on camera, often about very delicate or sensitive matters, which are then broadcast to millions of people in perpetuity. The legal challenges for all my programmes are considerable, meaning very often... I cannot go as far as I would like. So I looked at other ways of getting a case into the public domain and decided on a podcast series, which we have called The Detective. Series 2 is called What If It's Not Murder? All the accounts are accurate, although some may be voiced up. Early afternoon on Friday the 11th of May 2007 and 17-year-old pregnant Sana Ali is found with multiple stab wounds. The murder weapon, the knife, is right beside her. She is laid face down on the floor of her bedroom in her husband's family home in Bury near Rochdale in the north of England. The case is treated as murder and within four days a police arrests the lover of Sana's husband, Harmo Hinda Sangira, on suspicion of her murder. People who know Harmon Hinda Nora is Mindy. She'd been for a number of years in a relationship with Sana's husband, businessman Saeed Ali, a Muslim. After hours of questioning by the police, in which Mindy answered every question, she was charged with the murder of Sana Ali. And at Mindy's trial at Manchester Crown Court in November 2007, she was convicted of her murder.
The Crown's case was that Sana Ali, who was 11 weeks pregnant, was stabbed by Mindy more than 40 times during a frenzied attack while she visited her at her lover's parents' home. The background to the case as put forward by the Crown was that Mindy found out Saeed Ali had secretly gone through with an arranged marriage to his teenage cousin, Sana Ali, and that she was pregnant, which caused Mindy to become consumed with jealousy and so decided to eliminate the woman standing between her and her lover Saeed. And while Saeed Ali was out at Friday prayer, Mindy went round to confront his wife, Sana. This resulted in a heated argument and Mindy stabbing her to death. Sana had 43 separate knife injuries to her body, to her hands, her arms, her neck, her chest and to her abdomen. Ultimately, two of the wounds caused her death, number 43 and 24. The wound, marked as 43 by the pathologist, was a deep 19cm wound to the abdomen. The police say Mindy caused this by lifting the expectant mum Sana's top and then plunging the knife deep into her belly. On the 29th of November 2007, after a two-week trial, the jury returned a majority verdict of 11 to 1, believing the prosecution's case. Mindy Sangira was jailed for life with a minimum term of 14 years. After 13 years, she remains in jail, maintaining her innocence. Jealous mistress Harmohinda Sangira was today found guilty of killing her lover's wife in a sustained and ferocious attack. Sangira, 23, wept as she was led away from the dock and her family members broke down in tears in the public gallery at Manchester Crown Court. The jury returned a majority 11-1 to 1 verdict at the end of a two-week trial, which heard how a love triangle ended in murder. Hamohinda Sangera, 23, of Solihull, Birmingham, was sentenced to life at Manchester Crown Court and will serve a minimum of 14 years. She had discovered the man she had been having a two-year relationship with was married and that he was expecting his first child with his 17-year-old wife. Sangera drove to the couple's home in Bury in May, armed with a knife, and stabbed the young woman in a frenzied attack in the victim's bedroom. Mindy has maintained her innocence from day one, during questioning by police provided a detailed response to every question. Mindy's mum, dad and friends are convinced she is innocent and have spent tens of thousands of pounds trying to get a conviction overturned, all to no avail. Last year they approached me for my help as a final attempt to get their daughter justice. I am approached every week by people asking for my assistance but sadly I can't take on every case but this one fascinates me and as my investigation starts to unravel you will hopefully understand why. So what is the truth? That the jury got it right and that Mindy is a very dangerous killer who deserves to be in jail? Or that it was not Mindy, but a third party, someone else known to Sana, that was responsible for her murder? Or that something else can explain the injuries Sana had which led to her death? We believe Mindy is innocent. There's no forensic evidence to suggest that she's committed this crime. She's always told the truth. 
So what kind of person is Mindy? I asked her dad, Paul, to tell me more about her. Mindy is very, uh, was very um, academic. She's the eldest of three kids. Um, she's loving to everybody. And you know, she just wanted to enjoy life. And what was Mindy's work prior to her arrest? Well, she was a, a dentistry student and would have qualified with one more exam to go before she was arrested. And her plans for the future were what? She had a job lined up as a dentistry, um, just around the corner from Birmingham University. So Mindy had a bright future ahead of her with a job lined up. Let's now look at the background to Mindy knowing Sayer. They first met in Sheffield in May 2005. And from August that year, Mindy started to see Sayer most weekends. In May 2006, it was clear that Sayer was due to have an arranged marriage and so Mindy broke up with him. Even though they broke up, Sayer kept communicating with Mindy by phone calls and text messages. By July 2006, Mindy was going back out again with Sayer. At this stage, Mindy told her parents about the relationship and Sayer told his sister. During this time, Sayer talked about having a secret second wife. Mindy says Sayer asked his dad for his blessing to marry Mindy outside of the arranged marriage, but that his father flipped. Mindy and Sayer continued to see each other, Sayer coming to Birmingham and occasionally Mindy going back to Manchester to see him. Between January and March 2007, Mindy and Sayer broke up a few times, but after a few days, they would get back in contact again and start seeing each other. Sometime in March, Mindy found out that Sayer had got married. Mindy says that she confronted Sayer and that he said he was unhappy with the arranged marriage to Sana. It was not long after that that Mindy says she found out that Sana was pregnant. Mindy saw that her only option to be with Sayer was to become his second wife, but this is not what she wanted to do. After Sayer's marriage, Mindy continued to see him, spending mainly Saturday nights together. They would speak multiple times a day, speaking in the evening for around 45 minutes. Mindy says she kept the relationship going just while she was doing her dentist exams, but was pulling away from Sayer. Mindy says that Sayer told her that Sana was cutting herself with her bangles, and that a week before her death, she had found a card that Mindy had written to him that caused a lot of tension. At 5.15 on Monday the 14th of May 2007, at her parents' home in Solihull on the outskirts of Birmingham, Mindy was arrested by officers from Greater Manchester Police on suspicion of the murder of Sana Ali. Police searched the family home and took away many items, including the clothes matching the descriptions of the ones worn by Mindy on the day that Sana died. Mindy was then driven two hours to Chadderton Police Station in Manchester. On arrival at the police station, Mindy had a consultation with her solicitor and was then interviewed by detectives. In total, she was interviewed 10 times for different lengths between the 15th and the 17th of May. Mindy gave her account of what she did on that fatal day, an account she has stuck to and still maintains to be the truth. Mindy is in jail and therefore, under British laws as a journalist, I'm not allowed to talk to her without the permission from the Ministry of Justice, which they very rarely grant. 
they refused me permission, so her detailed account is being voiced up by her close friend. Okay, well on Thursday I've been contemplating to just basically tell her the truth about me and Sayir and to give me some kind of closure on the whole situation with me and Sayir and to basically like annoy Sayir because I knew if I went and told her everything Sayir would get really angry at me and he'd hate me, never speak to me again and I could have the closure that I wanted. If I didn't do something like that we'd never have broken up. And plus... She suspected like that he was probably seeing somebody else always. So I thought, you know, he's probably lying to her. He's not being upfront with her. Let's just tell her the truth, you know. She deserves to know the truth, right? If I was in her position, I'd want to know the truth. So on Thursday, I'd spoken to a few of my friends saying, do you think I should go? Like my close friends who knew about the situation. Do you think I should go and speak to her? Do you think it's a good idea? So what did Mindy decide to do? And so on Thursday I decided, yeah, I'd probably go up and speak to her on Friday. So on Friday I drove up. I drove up to Manchester from Birmingham and I spoke to my friend on the way. I spoke to my friend Sheetal on the way up. She's one of my close friends and she knew I was going to come up and she was like, you know, I think it's a good idea if it will give you the, the closure and everything. So I spoke to her on the way up and I just told her, yeah, I'm on my way up, I'm a bit anxious... I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or if I'm not, but at the same time, I need to. You know, I need to know that me and Sai will have a clean break. And she was like, yeah, you know, I think you're really brave, you know, for going and telling her this. And she has a right to know. On the way up to Manchester, me and Sai were texting. I hadn't told him that I was going to go and speak to his wife because I was going to leave that to her to tell him. I was by his house. I then rang my friend Sheetal as I was walking up to the house and I was saying, look, I'm here, I'm just walking up to the house now, I'm going to ring the doorbell, I'm going to tell her everything, wish me luck kind of thing. And she was like, yeah, good luck, let me know how it goes, you know, you're doing the right thing. So then I walked up to the house, rang the doorbell. So Mindy had decided after years of deceit and lies, she was going to confront her lover's wife and tell her the truth. Remember... Sana was just 17 years old, in an arranged marriage, and 11 weeks pregnant. And then after a while, someone came to the door. They didn't open the door, and I could just see someone through the glass, and I didn't know what his wife looked like or anything. But I just assumed it was Sayer's wife. She goes, come round the back, and I was like, okay then. And I knew my way around the back, because I've been to the house a number of times anyway. So I went round the back and Sana opened the door and I said, Hi, are you Sana Ali? And she goes, yeah. And I go, hi, I said, are you Sayer Ali's wife? And she goes, yeah. And I go, okay, do you speak English? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. I go, do you know about any girls? And she looked a bit confused and she like kind of half smiled. And I go, do you know about any of Sayer's girlfriends? And She smiled and she goes, yeah, I know, I know. And she nodded and she smiled and I was like, okay then. I go, I haven't come to cause any trouble. I haven't come to upset you. I just want you to understand and I just want to tell you the truth. And she goes, you know what, come in. She was really nice and I went in and I took my shoes off and I walked in and she goes, I'm I'm sorry, I was just tidying up. And I was just like, oh, don't worry. She was just in the kitchen, she went to the dishes, she was doing something with the dishes. 
And she goes, do you want some tea? Do you want some juice or something cold? And I go, no, no, I'm fine. I was a bit surprised that she was so nice because I've like just come along talking about girlfriends and she goes, shall we go and sit inside? She goes, let's just shut the window. So she went to shut the window and then she couldn't reach the window and I was like, oh, I'll shut it for you, don't worry, because I knew she was pregnant. What happened next is something that the police and prosecution became fixated on. They did not believe Mindy's account. So I got up onto the thing, tried to shut the window. I couldn't shut the window. No wonder, like, she probably couldn't either. So I went outside and I shut it from the outside and then I came back inside. When Mindy talks about getting up onto the thing, she means the kitchen worktop. We will in due course be carefully examining the aspect of the window and kitchen worktop. But for now, let's hear what happened after this. She goes, shall we go and sit inside? We sat in the main sitting room on the like first settee that you come to first. I sat down, she sat next to me and then she said to me, I know, she goes, I know everything. She goes, you're Miriam, aren't you? And I was like, no, because Miriam is, well, who I know as Miriam is Saya's ex who he'd been with for quite some time. You're Miriam, aren't you? And I said, no, and she just looked really confused and I... And she goes, no, and I don't know, I just, I didn't know what to do. I thought she was confused, and she goes, no, you're not, and her her face is confused. And I go, yeah, I am, and I said that I was, and she goes, yeah, you are, and then she felt reassured that I was Miriam. I don't know why I said I was, I just, I just thought she's so confused, best not to confuse her more. She goes, do you still speak to him every night? And I go, yeah. And she goes, yeah, you still speak to him every night, don't you? And I go, yeah, I speak to him every day. And she goes, yeah, I know. She goes, is it okay if I ask you a few more questions? And I was like, yeah, that's fine, that's what I'm here for. I want to tell you the truth. I want you to know everything without him lying to you or whatever, just so it's all out in the open. And then I think it was, then she goes, will you come upstairs with me and I said okay she goes I want to show you something so Mindy by this time has been in the house a little while she says she shut the kitchen window for Sana having climbed up onto the work surface discussed the fact that she talked to Sayer her husband every night Mindy says that Sana called her Miriam but does not correct her Miriam was Sayer's ex-girlfriend before Sana Sayer told Mindy He was no longer in a relationship with Miriam, but he was definitely still in contact with her. She took me to the spare bedroom and she goes, there was this little me to you, like little teddy bear, like statue thing, which I'd given to Sayer and it was like a cute little thing. I'd given it to him like a year and a half ago, probably. She goes, did you give this to him? And I said, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I suppose... I knew it. I knew that he'd lied. She asked, can I ask you some more questions? And I go, yeah, because there was still stuff that I wanted to tell her. That I was still seeing him and all the rest of it. And she goes, okay then, sit with me. Then we went into her and Sawyer's bedroom and we just sat on the end of the bed. She was on the right-hand side of me. She says... Oh, do you still see him then? And I say, yeah. And she goes, 
every weekend and I go mainly on the weekends and she goes right yeah I knew it I knew it she goes I've hurt myself I've cut myself because of how things have been between us and I go yeah I know because Sayer had told me something an accident had happened she goes yeah I've cut myself and she rolled up her sleeve and showed me her arm she goes I cut myself I know you shouldn't do that. It's a sin to hurt yourself, you know. It's a sin to do self-harm. But it made me feel better because of how things were. This is now the second time we hear about Sana cutting herself, albeit both times coming from Mindy. At one point, her mum rang while her phone rang and we were sat at the end of the bed. She goes, oh, that's probably him. Does he know that you're here? And I said, no, he'd get angry if... He knew that I was here, he'd get angry. She goes, I won't tell him then. I go, oh, you can tell him. I didn't come here for you not to tell him or, like, expecting that he wouldn't find out. You can tell him. She goes, okay then, but I won't tell him yet. I'll tell him later. I was like, it's up to you. You you can do what you want. Then her phone rang and she was looking for it. She got up from the bed and she went down by the side. And she goes, oh, that's probably him now. Don't worry, I won't tell him that you're here. Then she found the phone and she said, oh, it's my mum. Then she sat next to me on the bed and showed me the phone and goes, I'll call her back later. We spoke for a little while longer and I confirmed again that I was still seeing him. I then was like, I'm going to go now. Is that okay? Is everything okay? I just wanted you to understand... And she goes, I know now, I know everything now, I know the truth now. And I was like, okay then. So then we went, I opened the door, we went downstairs and I was like, are you okay? Because she was getting a bit upset. Her eyes filled up, but um, as we went downstairs she was getting a little bit more upset. And I was like, are you okay? Not like bursting or blowing her nose, but a bit more upset. As I was leaving, I said, are you okay? And she goes, I'm fine, I'm fine. Then, like, she dabbed her eyes. I said, I didn't come to upset you. I didn't want to cause any trouble. I just wanted you to understand. It's only fair that you understood. I'm going to leave Zaire now. We're going to split. But I just wanted you to know the truth before that happened. I go, are you sure you're okay? Because she seemed a little bit upset and she goes, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm going to call my mum now. I said bye and then that was it and she let me out the back door. Straight after I rang Sayer but he didn't answer because I'd had a missed call from him but he didn't answer. And then after that I rang my friend Sheetal. Coming up next week in episode two. We will hear important details from the initial 999 emergency calls. Ambulance service. Hello, police, ambulance. I think I've just found out my sister-in-law is killing herself, killed herself, I don't know. Blood in her bedroom. I'm going there. Oh my God, I'm scared. She's not been answering her phone since this afternoon, and I don't know how my sister phoned. She was screaming on the phone, saying there's blood everywhere. Get here. Oh, my God, I'm scared. How the police considered that this was a well-planned attack. 
because it was staged as a suicide. I think she wore gloves and I think she wore um, a suit similar to what uh, police officers and booties like a police officer would wear when they go in a crime scene. And it, on the face of it, you've got this grade A dental student and then behind it, you've got these other things going on in her mind and in conversations where she's saying, I don't know, I'm going to court with it. Um, I'm turning into a psycho. So there's definitely the swan effect with Mindy and what everybody sees on the surface is not exactly what is going on inside Mindy. And hear the account from Mindy's friend, Sheetal, who she immediately spoke to after she came out of the house. About two hours later, I received a call again from Mindy and it was like, oh my God, oh my God. Saeed's called. She stabbed herself. She stabbed herself. You have just heard episode one of What If It's Not Murder? If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you please tell your true crime friends to listen and subscribe to our channel. If you have any thoughts or just want to get in touch, you can do so by our Twitter page, The Detective FM, or go to our website, www.the-detective.co.uk. Thank you for listening. This episode was written, produced and recorded by Mark Williams-Thomas, edited by Martin Kays and the music by Dylan E. Pager. The Detective is an original true crime podcast brought to you by Acast. Acast.